Hey folks, what is going on? Danny, boy, Reginald back with another edition. Sports Insanity Podcast right here on Sports Insanity Network. Bottom of the second. We appreciate you. We love you. And we thank you for joining us along this ride. And again, we, we love that you continue to show your support, and we have another exciting edition, folks. Um, we'll obviously get to the football and the uh, madness that is December football. Uh, the NFL is winding down its weeks, and uh, obviously the playoff push is here, and we have uh, several things to go to. Uh, we'll do NFL picks and all that stuff, so we'll get to all that. We have to start with this baseball madness, though. These past few days in baseball, at the winter meetings across the league, it has been absolutely juicy, man. All the details of trades and possible free agents is just absolutely, absolutely stellar going on here. I love this baseball offseason. The secrecy of Otani. And, and, and for anyone that is uh, a little upset that Otani is not revealing where he's going. I- I'm sorry, dude. This this is great theater, man. I don't know what you're talking about. Everything about Otani keeping quiet is just just making this even even better. So I don't want to hear that nonsense. This is how it should go. Players should keep quiet. We should anticipate. We should predict. We should keep talking. You know, we're talking about how we should grow the game in baseball. This offseason, where you have the best player in the world who's not saying anything, and we'll get to Otani in a second, not saying anything, should 100% be a great thing for the game of baseball. And I need to point the finger at Sir John Paul Morosi, who decided, well, I have all the sources and I want to be first and I want to get clicks to my website, decided to say, you know what? Shohei is well on his way to Toronto on a plane right now, which of course caused a massive frenzy. I could assume people in Toronto were all up and giddy. They were like, hell yeah. We're getting Otani, baby. There is no stopping us now. Only to find out, well, there's other reporters like Bob Nightingale. Bob Nightingale was first on this. He's from USA Today. Where he says, oh, no, 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 no. Otani's not on a plane anywhere. He still is home in Southern California. And he turned out to be right. He turned out to be right. There was no plane that had Shohei Otani. And everyone is upset. Everyone's pissed. Everyone is so anxious over the situation. And for John Morosi to make that report. And yeah, I don't know what his real reasons were. I still think it's clickbait. I still think he just wants attention. I don't know what what it is. I don't know what his real reasons are. 
but for John Morosi to make that report happen, to tweet that out, to post on his article, and for him to be wrong, is just absolutely foolish. It's foolish. It's not good reporting. I understand people want to be first, and I understand that people want to be right, obviously. But you have to make sure you have all your information at hand. Yeah, make sure you have all everything to confirm it. This is big time news here in the world of baseball. This affects so many teams. You cannot have a wrong piece of information like that. And I'm pointing a finger at you because, you know, this whole, oh, is Shohei on a plane? Is Shohei not on a plane? I don't know. Yeah, like that stuff is going to get annoying. And I was very annoyed when I found out that he was not anywhere near Toronto, that he was still on the West Coast. So that was uh, very troubling and honestly really stupid of him. Um, now, he has since apologized on X. X. It's so such a stupid name. But he has since apologized on social media, saying he regretted that they gave the wrong info out, blah, blah, blah. I was just paraphrasing. Um, so, I mean, at least good on him that he at least acknowledged his mistake. But you got to be careful. You got to be sure before you tweet something out like that, before you send out any information like that. You got to be sure. This is Otani. This is a big time baseball superstar. He's saving our league right now. With his talent. You got to be sure. That this is actual true information. Um, but in any case. Still no uh, word on Shohei. We have no idea where he's going. All signs are pointing towards Toronto. But, of course, that could change. I know the Mets had a meeting with him. Uh, they, they met with Yamamoto in Japan. Well, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Then, of course, they, on their way back from Japan, met with Otani. Apparently, those meetings went well. So, um, it seems like the Mets are very much still in the Otani case, as they should. Because Yamamoto is not going to be enough. You're going to want some generational hitter. And let's be honest. You know, if Shohei can still pitch, whether it's out of the bullpen or whether it's still as a starter, which, you know, look, I, I, I'm being honest, once he recovers from it, I am very certain that he can uh, uh, still at least attempt to pitch and still be really good at it, uh, whichever the course that he wants to do. And, you know, it's up to him. If he wants to just be a hitter, he can just be a hitter. Uh, if he wants to do both, you know, he can do both and it may take a while to recover. But if he can still pitch, and you can utilize him as a two-way player, that is absolutely massive for the Mets. So, it gives you pitching depth, as well as hitting depth. And you have the best hitter in all baseball. So, I'm just saying, for the Mets to actually go for it, it's a good sign. And I'm telling you, Mets fans, doesn't it feel much better when you have uh, an owner that wants to spend the money, that doesn't care how much money he has to give in order to uh, 
get the players, I know it feels that much better. So, be happy. Um, so, that's on the Mets front. And how about this Subway Series battle? Potential Subway Series battle, as I should put it. For Yoshi Yamamoto. Yamamoto is obviously one of the biggest, uh, obviously next to Shohei. Um, the biggest uh, free agent prize. The fact that both the Yankees and the Mets are pretty much after him. Now, it, it's fascinating stuff. It, it's fascinating stuff. I don't know what Yamamoto's um, desire is. I don't know what he's looking for. Really hasn't said much. Um, if he wants the money, the Mets are the, the obviously the the best to do that. And let's be honest, if he goes to the Mets, he's the guy. He is one hundred percent the ace of the staff. And then a, a strong two is right behind him, the Japanese brother uh, Kodai Senga. The one-two punch, the Japanese brothers. But Yamamoto would definitely be the ace. So if he wants the star power, and he wants to be the guy, and he wants the money, the Mets are the biggest deal. If he wants the legacy, the the, the idea of championships, not all the money in the world, the Yankees are the best bet. But the issue with the Yankees is he won't be the ace of staff. At least not right away. Obviously, the ace of staff is still Garrett Cole. I still believe that. But I'm begging Yamamoto to please pick the Yankees. Because we could use more pitching. We could use uh, a big-time pitcher to compliment Garrett Cole. And hopefully, Carlos Rodon, if he gets his head out of his ass... And I know Rodon was injured, but still, like you know, he still didn't pitch well. So um, it, that's something that um, that we have to that needs to be addressed. But yeah, uh, if Yamamoto is willing to take less money and just hey, look, I want to go to a team that has a great legacy. Yankees is it? I have this big time feeling based on what Stevie Cohen has done. I have a big feeling that the Mets are going to grab Yamamoto. Um, and they will give him the most money. They'll make him the big-time ace. He'll still be in New York. And all the glory. And let's be honest. Let's say he wins a world championship. He'll be revered. He'll be the toast of the town. So, yeah, I have a big feeling he'll go to the to the Mets, and uh, ultimately, yeah, and look, I, I hate to say it because I'm a Yankee fan, but um, he he does provide more of a spark for as a Met than he does as a Yankee. It doesn't mean the Yankees shouldn't go after him. You should 1,000% go after him. We could use the pitching, but I think he fits better as a Met. Uh, I think it's very important to put that out there. It doesn't mean the Yankees shouldn't go after him. It just means that right now I just I think he fits better in the mold as a New York Met. So, yeah, it's going to be very, very, very cool to see the New York, New York. Who's going to get him? 
Is it going to be the orange and blue? Or is it going to be the pinstripes? We don't know. We don't know. So, Shohei uh, hasn't made a decision yet. John Paul Morosi, you suck. Um, and then, uh, Yamamoto, we're still waiting on him. And uh, it, 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 I'm sure it's going to get done soon. It should be done by the new year for sure. We'll, we'll know exactly where those players are. And then, of course, pivot back to the Yankees a little bit. The Yankees made two big-time trades this week, which you know is very ballsy by the Yankees. You know, this is something that I've been waiting for Brian Cashman to do for the longest time, and he has not done this in a long time. But the trade for Juan Soto is absolutely, absolutely stellar. And I don't care about... I know uh, there's a bunch of fans already trolling the Yankees. Well, it's one year. He's probably just going to be a rental. He has Scott Boris, so he's going to test the open market. Blah, 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 blah. Hey, Met fans already saying, Stevie Cohen's got the money. We'll just give Juan Soto all the money. Listen, I don't about what happens next offseason. This is about this offseason. This is about the 2024 season. And right now, in the 2024 season, the Yankees are going to have Juan Soto in their lineup in the outfield for a chance to go for it, to salvage this Baby Bomber era, even though he wasn't originally part of the Baby Bombers. To pretty much salvage this era of Yankee baseball, where at times they showed a lot of promise, but always fell short. And then, of course, these last couple of years, mediocre at best. I don't care if it's a rental. I don't care if it ends up blowing up in our faces, and then he does go somewhere else. Here's the bottom line. The Yankees are trying to win now. It's about now. It's not about... What happens in 2025 or whatever. I want now. I want to win. You know the last time the Yankees have actually, you know, won a World Series? It was 2009. 2009. Going on 15 years without a World Series. We've seen World Series droughts from the Yankees before. You know how frustrating it is? To watch a whole baseball season, 162 games plus the playoffs, and to see the Yankees not lift the World Series trophy. To not have the Canyon of Heroes host a parade down Broadway. To not have the glory of being a World Series champion. I'm sick and tired of it. I am sick and sick and sick and sick. And sick. I'm tired of it. Enough is enough. You have Juan Soto. I want to hear any Yankee fan complaining about the deal. Okay, so Michael King and Kyle Higashioka, Johnny Brito, all three who have done... Excellent job with the Yankees. No no issue with them. 
I am not going to cry over giving up those players plus two other prospects that we don't know and then um, possibly lose them after a year. I don't care. I want to win now. We got to go out there and win. You're talking about Wanso and Aaron Judge, two and three. Doesn't matter which where you put them. Lion that features Anthony Rizzo, healthy. Hopefully DJ LeMayu can get out of his ass too. Giancarlo Stanton went healthy. And the most underrated trade he made, this is the second trade Brian Gaston made, with the Red Sox to get Alex Verdugo. Which is a stellar trade, if you really think about it. Absolutely stellar trade. Now you insert him into the lineup. And he doesn't have to play every day. But he's probably going to take most of those outfield reps for most of the season. You're talking about that lineup. Here and there you put in the Trent Grisham that came with Soto from the Padres. You insert that. You have young guys like Austin Wells. Who knows who he can hit? Volpe. We've seen some good things out of him. I want to win. And this is how you do it. Building a lineup that's balanced. And there's plenty of righties and plenty of lefties in that lineup. Balanced. And has power. And it can produce runs. That's all you need. Along obviously with the pitching. And we'll address the pitching. If we don't get Yamamoto we'll address the pitching. But yeah no. I'm okay with this. This is perfectly fine. If it blows up in our facing year. So be it. I want to win now. People trying to troll with us. And trying to. Uh, make us pissed off, please. Give me a break. I want to win. And just because Juan Soto is a rental for right now, doesn't mean that he won't be permanent. Maybe he has a career season in New York. Maybe he likes the Yankee organization. Said, so, you know what? Maybe money isn't all the biggest thing in the world. I, I know he has Scott Boris, and I know Scott Boris. He, he he's the he's the agent that's going to get him the most money possible. You know that's going to be top priority for Scott Boris. But maybe he wants to like, you know what? I like being Yankee. And I want to stay. And I don't care how much they pay me. You never know. You don't know what goes on in his head. It's about now. It's about right now. We, we have to sweat through free agency. It's okay. I want to win. This is what it's about. Winning. It's about winning. A championship. Having a meaningful season. Not that crap shoot 82 and 80 that we had. I'm tired of that. About winning now. And I'm going to continue to stress about winning now. Because we are the Yankees. Yankees want to spend and win. Yankees want to trade and win. We can always rebuild our farm systems. Plenty of teams have done that. 
But if you have a chance to go and win now, you go and win now. Turns out the Texas Rangers last year, right? They spent the whole world, got an actual competent manager, and they won a World Series. No coincidence. Go out there and get the best players possible. Now, I think the Yankees are done with their lineup. But they still need to address the pitching. That's where Yamamoto comes in. Now, again, if the Yankees don't get Yamamoto, which seems more likely. Um, but, of course, there's always, there's always a chance. I don't want to. There's always a chance. But if he doesn't come, I would like for the Yankees to try to find the best pitchers in the open market. Anyone that can come in and do a solid job. We still have Garrett Cole, who never misses time. That's another thing about Juan Soto. He is so durable. He never misses time, man. And he puts up numbers like crazy. You know he's going to give you 30 bombs and, you know, 100 RBIs season. Like, he's so durable. Garrett Cole never misses, never misses a start. Never. Ever, 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 ever misses a start. But yeah, no, Yankees can definitely uh, use the pitching help for sure. Juicy stuff in the baseball world, man. I am telling you, this is some great stuff. We will have more. Um, me and Bill Murphy, we plan to do a Bombers banter soon to talk all Yankee stuff. And then, of course, the Batter Up crew... Which may feature me, which may not feature me. I don't know. Lately, it's been Halpern and Rifkin and Tommy Russos. I mean, I don't know. Well, we'll, well, one of us four will definitely be on Batter Up whenever that gets uh, the next one gets released, and um, we'll cover all things winter meetings, all things baseball off season, um, and. Um, I'm, t- I'm telling you, I mean, first of all, if you can you do a foursome with that, because there's too many Met fans <laughs> on that batter crew right now. Way too many Met fans. But, um, yeah, no, uh, definitely, definitely um, stay tuned for batter up. They'll have they'll have more great baseball insight uh, as we move forward in the baseball offseason. Right up to the uh, start of spring training, which, uh, believe it or not, too Two months away. That that's the crazy part. That's the crazy part about the off season. They go by so quick, and everything happens so quickly. So uh, please stay tuned for that. Like I said, me and Bill, we will have a bombers banter. We'll talk all things Yankees and prepare for the twenty twenty four season. A season where, let's be honest, Yankee fans, we need to win, and we win now. We want to win now. Not next year, not the year after that, not the year after that. I want to win now. I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of the BS analytics that we have to use. I'm tired of not getting big-time players to come to the Bronx and utilize a short portion right field. I'm tired of the Yankees not being the Yankees. Just because you don't have all the money in the world like Steve Cohen... Doesn't mean you can't print money. And all the Yankees do is print money. Win now.
And I'm going to continue saying to win now to get to that point across. I have to. Because it needs to be in the heads of the Yankees. Everyone that follows the Yankees. This is not about next year. Now. It's about winning now. And it's about having a meaningful season. 162 games. You're going to get someone like Juan Soto who can play 162 games. At least 150 for sure. And give you the best baseball possible. So moving on to football. And um, all the shenanigans uh, going on. Well, we're we're in week fourteen bye weeks. Well, this, these are these are late, late, late bye weeks. I, I have no I have no clue why uh, uh, the football has a bye week in week fourteen. That that's incredibly absurd. Um, Arizona and Washington are both off, so um, there there shouldn't be any more bye weeks after that. That that'd be absolutely crazy um, and stuff, but. Um, but yeah, the Commanders and the Cardinals, they're on a bye for Week 14. Um, and um, we wish them well, and hopefully they'll uh, recover. Especially Washington. Washington needs the bye week. They, they've they had a pretty tough season. It's been pretty pretty rough to watch. Uh, highlight for Washington, I'll just have to say highlight for Washington, Sam Howell's a beast. I, I really think, and look, he doesn't mean he doesn't make mistakes. Look. Sam Howell is a very young quarterback, and he'll definitely uh, succeed wherever he is. I truly think if he was in a better system, better offensive system, and that could very well be Eric Bieniemy's system, and he has better offensive players around him, not Jahan Dotson that drops passes like nothing, or Terry McLaurin that can't get open. If he has better offense around him, better offensive line for sure, so that he doesn't get sacked a trillion times, I truly think Sam Howell could be a beast in this league. He may not be one of the best quarterback. He may not be one of the more talented quarterbacks, but damn sure he can definitely uh, quarterback Washington victory. So uh, I do feel bad for Sam Howell. Uh, he definitely needs a break this week. So uh, um, Washington gets the much-needed break as well. Um, did anyone hear about this Sean McDermott story? And obviously he, he has since addressed it and, you know, obviously said that he was wrong for it, but apparently this guy had been comparing his team to 9-11 hijackers. You know, using them as an example of the importance of communication and being on the same page with the team. And this is this obviously occurred a couple years ago. And I'm sure he's used it many times afterwards. But can you... For, for a Bills franchise that, you know, clearly is under wraps and, you know, not doing very well. Like, why in God's name would this come out? <laughs> I mean, 
Holy mackerel! You comparing your players and the execution of communication with your teammates to 9-11 terrorists? Do you not know this is the United States of America? What the hell is wrong with you, man? Now, he has since apologized for it, and good that he apologized for it. But that's ridiculous. That is absolutely absurd. And rightfully so, he's getting attacked everywhere. If this is how he's been approaching his speeches before games, he should be fired now. What kind of crap is that? Like, do you not know what state you're in? Do you not know where people come from? You have military vets. You got people in the community that may have come from New York City. Or nearby Washington, D.C. You don't know if these people have families. You don't know if these people are first responders. You don't know if these people are military people. Like how so tone deaf of him, dude. Like what 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 are we doing here? Can't believe that he, he made such stupid comments like that. And yeah, people should should continue to criticize him for that. And sure he may be uh, uh, no 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 no. He's talking about how he's attacked how his character's being attacked, that he knows who he is, that he's not without flaw, or whatever. Stop it. It's dumb to compare your players to 9-11 terrorists. Based on what they did to our country. And what that day meant to a lot of people. A day of fear. A day of horror. A day of sadness. Tragedy. Disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful that he would ever make that comparison. Um... Certainly doesn't help the Bills. They're facing the Kansas City Chiefs. By the way, I had the Chiefs winning that game. Um, now, I, I know the, the the Kansas City defense is a little banged up and whatever. But the bottom line is, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, they'll find their ways to win a game. They're not going to lose two in a row. They had a very good matchup against the Packers. Packers played well. Um, they don't do those two in a row. Buffalo's a very flawed team. And now, they look even worse because the head coach, who, let's be honest, should be fired because of the performance, now should be fired because of the comments that he made. Um, 
So yeah, no. Uh, and again, this is this is not on the Bills and the entire franchise. I don't think the players are in a bad spot, but definitely the, the coach. I, I don't know what he's thinking there. I don't know what he's doing there. I have the Chiefs winning only because uh, I just don't. I just don't see Patrick Mahomes losing two in a row. If Patrick Mahomes loses two in a row, uh, I, I I pretty much think we could you know. Start locking up top seats in uh, the AFC, and surely uh, Miami will be up there. Jacksonville will be up there. So, yeah, that, that's a uh, that that that's actually a big game. Um, I'll just get to it because you know I I just have to. Jets at uh, Jets versus Houston. Jets are at home at MetLife. Um, this has been a roller coaster week for the Jets. You know, it starts off with the fact that Zach Wilson wants to be baby and, you know, he's reluctant to play. By the way, I have no issue with Zach Wilson telling the Jets off. You know, and and look, Zach Wilson, look, he, he obviously has not played well. He's obviously acting like a little bit of a, of a child here. But I actually have no issue with him telling them off. Being like, hey, look, you keep benching me for these quarterbacks that are not good. You keep telling me you believe in me only to bench me. You don't give me the right players to work with. You don't put me in the right system. Yada, 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 yada. And then you want to come back to me because you know that right now, besides Aaron Rodgers, I give you the best chance to win. Is as if the Jets are pretty much in desperation mode. Then they have to go back to Zach Wilson, who's not any good. Um, so yeah, I have I have no issue with the, with Zach Wilson telling the Jets off. Like, hey, look, you know, if you if you want to play me, play me, but don't do this tango where oh well, one day I'll do this thing. And we'll, we'll start uh, Trevor Simeon or, or Tim Boyle. By the way, Tim Boyle, good riddance. He can go off. He he is terrible. He The, the worst quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Good riddance. But, yeah, no, no. I have no issue with it. Because it certainly messed with his confidence. This back and forth is also incredibly annoying. And let's be honest. If Zach Wilson had better coaches around him, that's not named Nathaniel Hackett. I truly believe, or, or Robert Salah, I don't trust Salah either. But if he had better coaches around him, I think he would fare better. It doesn't mean that he'll be a he'll be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. It just means that he'll probably be better than what we have seen this season. He'll probably move the offense better. He'll probably be in a better offensive system. He'll probably learn to make better decisions. And that's the big thing with Zach Wilson. The decision-making has to get better. If he's going to be a quarterback in this league, you have to be better at anticipating plays. You got to be better at reading the defenses. Because this is what that's what's killing him. Because the physical talent's there. He has a big arm. He can use his legs. Everything is there. It's just the other factors that he struggles with. Jets are starting Zach Wilson. I think it's the right call. Uh, look, I know they, they brought in Brett Rippon from from the... Oh, 
what was it, the, the Seahawks or the Rams practice squad, one of them. But, um, um, but Red Rippers here, I'm not saying let it rip. Hell no. Zach Wilson is the guy you want to put out there. He gives you the best chance to win. Um, I'm taking Houston, though. I think Houston's on a roll. Uh, they had that big win against uh, Denver um, last week. And, you know, look, I, I, I truly believe, and Bill has been on, uh, by the way, you'll hear from Bill in a second. He has been on uh, Houston the entire year. And give him credit where credit is due. You know, he has said that Houston is, you know, building up to be this big-time successful team. I'm bought in. I'm sold. Houston has been fantastic. They have a great quarterback, C.J. Stroud. Hopefully his career continues to take him to a much bigger, bigger level. He can get better than what he is now. And by the way, if he is better than what he is now, that is incredibly dangerous for the NFL. Um, so watch out for that. D'Amico Ryan has done a tremendous job coaching. Um, they play with confidence. They play with grit. This is a good Houston team. I think it'll be a little too much for the, the Jets. And I, I get it. You know, the Jets are going to you know go out there and try to salvage the last five games of the year. They're not making the playoffs. But, you know, Houston, it, it, it's a lot. One o'clock game. Um, and, yeah, it, it's just a little too much. And it, let's, be, let's be real, though. Between the two starting quarterbacks, who would you rather have? T.J. Stroud, Zach Wilson. I'll let y'all decide that. To me, it's T.J. Stroud. So I'll take Houston to win that one. Um, but I want to see a good game out of Zach Wilson, though. Look, I want to see... Look, obviously at this point, if the Jets... Because the, the Jets, they're not going to necessarily cut him. They'll, they'll probably trade him. Um, though, cutting him is not out of the question. Uh, but... Build up his trade value. You know, get him more reps in. Hopefully he'll do well. And then build up his trade value so that, he, you know, we can get some stuff out of it. Maybe draft picks. Whatever necessary. I'll go through the rest of the slate in just a bit. Um, I already picked Houston to beat the Jets. And I, beat, and I picked Kansas City to beat Buffalo. But I want to turn it to our man who, you know, couldn't be here. He had a a prior engagement that he had to go to, and um, obviously we we want him to enjoy his life. But Bill Murphy did the kindest thing in the world, and he recorded his picks, and I want to give him the floor right now for his picks because he was so generous and so sweet to record us a little thing. So here he is, Bill Murphy, Week 14 Picks. We are going to start with a 1 o'clock slate with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Atlanta Falcons. Even though the Falcons beat the Jets last week, which isn't saying much, I am going with the Falcons. Okay, the, the War of the Roars, the Bears versus the Lions. Give me the Detroit Lions. They're on fire. Give me the Lions. Indiana. The next one is the Indianapolis Colts and the Cincinnati Bengals. Two actually decent backup quarterbacks with Gardner Minshew and the Cincinnati Bengals. 
Gardner Minshew and Jake Browning. Give me the Cincinnati Bengals. Browning was really hitting Jamar Chase last week, so give me the Bengals. Next one, the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cleveland Browns. The Jaguars are looking to get back on the horse after their loss against Cincinnati last week. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay, the biggest joke in the NFL, the Carolina Panthers versus the New Orleans Saints. Give me the New Orleans Saints. The Panthers are an absolute dumpster fire. I've said it about a million times. Give me the Saints at home. Next one, you got the Houston Texans and the New York Jets. You have the best rookie in the class right now, C.J. Stroud. Zach Wilson starting again for the Jets. I got to go with Houston on this one. Give me Stroud. Next, you have the Los Angeles Rams and the Baltimore Ravens. Give me the Ravens on this one. The Vikings and the Raiders. Now we're in the 4 o'clock games. The Minnesota Vikings and the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to go with the Vikings on this one. Josh Dobbs has really been looking good lately, so give me the Vikings. Got the Seattle Seahawks and the San Francisco 49ers. A rematch of Thanksgiving Day that just took place a little over two weeks ago. The 49ers coming off a high after beating Philly last week. Give me the Niners. Just give me the Niners. The next one, we got the Buffalo Bills coming off their bye week. Going to Arrowhead to face off the Kansas City Chiefs. The Buffalo Bills have been iffy lately, to say the least. And the team's just been not doing this great this year. And you have the Kansas City Chiefs, even though they're coming off a loss to the Packers. I think they they can get right back on the horse in this one. Give me the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, next one, you got the Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Chargers. Give me the upset here. I am going with the Denver Broncos on this one. I know I may sound crazy, but I'm going with the Broncos. They've been on an absolute terror lately. And the Chargers just got lucky beating the Patriots 6 to nothing. So, yeah, go Chargers. I mean, go Broncos on this one. Okay, a game I really don't want to pick, but it is going to be the game of the week. Sunday night, Cowboys and Eagles. I think the Eagles are going to be... Out for blood after losing for from San, after losing to San Francisco last week, but Dallas is at home. Dak Prescott's been looking great. As a Giants fan, I just want a giant meteor to come and cancel the game, but we can't do that. So I am going to go with Dallas on this one, even though they have beat like sub five hundred teams. After beating Seattle last week, I think they are 
ready. And I think they can beat a winning team. So give me Dallas in this one. Okay, we got two Monday night games. We have the Tennessee Titans versus the overrated Miami Dolphins. I got to give this to the Dolphins. Because as much as I like Will Levis, I think Miami is a put to, is a team that's a little more put together. So give me the Dolphins. And finally, Patch's beloved Green Bay Packers versus my beloved New York Giants. In a just and sane world, I would want the Giants to win. And I do want the Giants to win. But if we're going to be honest here with all you folks... As much as I like Tommy DeVito so far, I think Jordan Love has been finding his footing really well for Green Bay. So I got to go with the Packers on this one. All right. Thank you, Bill. Going through the rest of the slate. Uh, by the way, how about how about the Patriots being Pittsburgh? And this just goes to show you how terrible the AFC is. The fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers um, lose, all of a sudden, you know, the Jets are still pretty much in it, even though, uh, even though they're they're, uh, I think that it's less than one percent that they make the playoffs. The fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers lose to New England Patriots and drop to seven and six just goes to show you this AFC is so more than wide open now. And you know, I'm just telling you, a couple of losses and the Jets win all of a sudden. They're kind of back in it. Look, I, I'm not. I don't want to get my hopes up because you know the Jets always disappoint me. But just saying, just saying. All right, let's go through the rest of the slate. Tampa Bay, Atlanta, one o'clock. They're in it. They're in uh, the Mercedes Benz Stadium. Uh, give me the Atlanta Falcons to win that game. I don't trust Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Now, and let's be real. Both the Falcons and the Buccaneers stink. You know, they're, they're not, the both of them are not very good teams. But at least Atlanta, you know, even though they, they're, they're a terrible football team, at least they find ways to win. Something that Tampa Bay has not done very well. So we're giving the Falcons to win that game. One o'clock, Detroit at Chicago, Soldier Field. Um, I'll take um, the Lions to beat the Chicago Bears, uh, and they'll win big. That's my prediction. Colts um, facing the Bengals. They're in Cincinnati. I'll take the Bengals to win that game. I was very encouraged by the performance of Jake Browning, and I gave Jake Brown. And it's nothing against him. I just don't trust the Bengals without Joe Burrow. But Jake Browning has put up a solid performance. And I think the Bengals, you know, when it's all said and done, they have more talent than the Colts do. I think Cincinnati will easily win this one. Um, and look, if, I, if I'm disrespecting the Colts and their fans, well, tough shit. I think Cincinnati is just a better coach team. They have better talent. And Jake Browning has proven to me... Um, Especially after that Monday nighter against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's be honest, you know, with the exception of overtime, 
They faced Trevor Lawrence and company. Like I just feel like that the Bengals really showed a lot. And that's why I think they're still very much in it. And that's why I think they're going to win this game. Jacksonville at Cleveland. Give me the, uh, the Cleveland Browns doing that game. Now, Trevor Lawrence is questionable to play. I don't know if he will. Right now, I'm leaning towards the Browns. If they're going to have C.J. Beathard uh, play the rest of that. Uh, play that game is, is what I should say. So, uh, I will take the Browns uh, to win that game if it's C.J. Beathard. I don't know if I trust him for a whole game. Hopefully, I mean, I know it's a high ankle, but hopefully uh, Trevor can find his way onto the field. Um, let's see. Game time decision is what the Jaguars are saying. Carolina at New Orleans this is an easy one. Give me the New Orleans Saints. Um, I already picked Houston, New York. Houston will win that game. Uh, L.A. at Baltimore. M&T Bank Stadium. L of the Rams, but this is the Rams, by the way. Um, I will say that West Coast, East Coast, never an easy uh, jump for any team. So um, right now, and, and also just because they're the, the Ravens are just flat out better, I'm going to uh, choose the Ravens to win this game. Um, so give me Baltimore Ravens to win. Four o'clock games. Uh, Minnesota at Las Vegas. I will take the Minnesota Vikings. I like the Vikings in this game. Vegas is not very good right now. <laughs> they're, they're just not. Uh, Seattle at San Francisco. Give me the San Francisco 49ers. Though I will say this will probably be a closer matchup than a lot of people expect because Seattle put up a good fight. Against the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night, and San Francisco's the they're they're a dirty ass team. They absolutely dismantled the Philadelphia Eagles. Absolutely crushed their hearts, and the the you knew how big it was and how sad it was in Philly when the Philly fans head for the exit. Midway through the fourth quarter, probably in the beginning of the fourth quarter. So good uh, for San Francisco. They'll continue their winning ways, being Seattle. I picked the Buffalo Kansas City game. Uh, give me the Chiefs. Denver at LA Chargers. Uh, give me the Denver Broncos to win this game. Denver, look, I, I know they had an emotional game against the Texans. It was a tough loss for Russell Wilson and company. I like Denver here. Denver's played a lot better. Um, they've had humbling experiences throughout the season. And Sean Payne has turned the season around. Russell Wilson has turned the season around. Uh, they make a great pair. They're doing a great job. Absolutely stellar. Give me the Denver Broncos. Um, I, I Also, Brandon Staley stinks as coach. I, I don't care what anyone says. He's a terrible coach. All right. Here's the big one. NBC. They're uh, Sunday night football. So, uh, I'm saying Thursday night football. Sunday night football, NFC East matchup. Philadelphia at Dallas. Dallas wants revenge. And um, Philadelphia 
trying to get back on their winning ways. Kind of desperate Philadelphia. Give me the Cowboys to win this game. For whatever reason, I feel like they're going to be so desperate, the Eagles, to try to win a game that they're going to do too much. And in Jerry's world, they ain't going to pan out very well. Give me the Dallas Cowboys to win on a Sunday night. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Uh, and then we have two Monday nighters, a doubleheader at the same time. I cannot believe this is happening. Um, usually one game starts before the other one, but both of these are at 8 15. Uh, one of them is a crapshoot. Give me the Dolphins over the Tennessee Titans. I don't trust, I do not, do not trust the Tennessee Titans. They stink, they're terrible. Um, and, um, I think they need a massive overhaul of the entire team. Not necessarily clean house, but definitely massive overhaul. Um, and let's be honest, probably starts with the coaching. And then um, New York Giants at home at MetLife, facing the Green Bay Packers. Um, seems like Tommy Cutlets, Mr. DeVito, he'll probably, he will definitely be starting um, in this game. He'll face Green Bay. And I like Green Bay better. And look, Tommy DeVito has actually been solid of late. And I know it's against two dumb teams like the Commanders and the Patriots. But two in a row is two in a row, man. And he has played very well. Um, so I give him that much credit. I think he's getting a lot of reps in. He needs to toast it down. And let's be honest. Look, I know Tyrod Taylor is healed. He's ready to go. But if I'm the Giants, let Tommy DeVito cook, man. Let him go. Let him go. And let's see how he does. And if he does terrible, you can always go back to Tyrod Taylor. Hey, look, it doesn't matter anyway. The season's over. But, you know, uh, yeah, so I would definitely go with the Jersey guy. And, uh, hey, man, look, anytime you can get that hometown feel. And let's be real. The Giants fans, they want Tommy DeVito to do well. They want him to do well because it's a great story. It's just a great story. Um, I don't think it's going to happen there for them. Look, let's see how he actually does. I don't think it's going to happen with them. The cat, the, I think the Packers are better. Give me the Packers to win on the road in East Rutherford, New Jersey. That is your Week 14 NFL slate. Should be very exciting, folks. Three things you need to know with Bill Murphy right now. Okay, so here is the things that I think you should look out for this week in Week 13 of the NFL season. As Stephon Diggs gets 31 receiving yards in the Buffalo-Kansas City game, he will have 1,000 yards on the season. If the 49ers win, they will continue their 10-game divisional win streak, which is currently their second-longest divisional streak since 97-98. And Dallas and Philly, Jalen Hurts currently has 19 passing touchdowns and 12 rushing touchdowns. He could become the second player to have two 20 passing touchdowns and 10 rushing touchdowns in the same season. And the first to do it consecutively. So, yeah, those are my things you should look forward to this week. I'm Bill Murphy. Stay safe.
take care and enjoy some football. All right, Bill Murphy, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. A uh, couple things before we go. Uh, I do want to send my uh, love, hugs, and prayers over to Tennis Hall of Famer, 18-time Grand Slam winner, uh, Chris Everett. Unfortunately, um, she had a recurrence of cancer. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Chris Everett, uh, I believe this was back in 2021. Uh, it was an early stage, but she had been diagnosed with ovarian cancer, uh, cancer that she she beat. It was she was cancer free um, to start the year, uh, 2023, but now has officially announced that her cancer has uh, come back and. Um, she had surgery and is now going to go through chemotherapy treatments. So sending our our love and hugs and prayers and you know good vibes over to Chris Everett and we we hope that she um, makes a another big time recovery. Cancer is no joke, especially ovarian cancer, uh, one of the few cancers where a lot of women actually die of. So um, hopefully that does not become the case for Chris Everett. We we hope that uh, she uh, can uh, get back on her feet, um, get the treatment done as soon as possible, and then obviously, you know, we'll have a return to um, the tennis broadcast because, um, you know, tennis without her uh, sticks. So um, please uh, love, hugs, prayers over to Chris Everett as she continues her cancer fight and you know cancer is a really tough disease no matter what so um, keep fighting Chris Everett we love you and we hope you return uh, to your tennis broadcasting duties as soon as possible uh, and uh, you know hopefully you'll beat it again and then of course um, in the basketball end, and I, I really really don't care for this in-season tournament I, I know that they're, they're trying to, the NBA is really trying their hardest. Uh, and I know the NBA analysts on TV because of their TV rights deal, whatever. They're doing everything possible to hype up this tournament. I just can't get into it. I'm sorry. I just can't. I can't. Look, when I watched the Knicks lose to the Bucks, I took it as a game that was part of the regular season. And that's what it is. It's a regular season game. Bottom line. So, uh, if people are into it, that's fine. I'm sure the next generation of NBA fans, and maybe even people like me, you know, you never know. Maybe maybe I'll get into it. Maybe I'll figure it out and get into it. Uh, but this is more for the generation of fans that comes after me. This is more for like the kids of now that are going to grow up and know that there was an in-season NBA tournament. My entire life, my 28 years on this world, I have not, this is the first time of the in-season tournament. I can't stand it. But for the next generation, maybe they just, maybe they, they can't handle it. Maybe they will like it. So, you know, whatever floats their boat. But I, I just can't do it. Also, the San Antonio Spurs lose 16 straight I mean, and I know the Spurs are not a very good team, but this is by far the worst start to their season under Greg Popovich. And 
and I know that they're a young up and coming team, and, and you know you have a big time stud in Victor Wembanyama who's going through some of his struggles, some of his growing pains. It's going to take a while for him to really settle into the league. He's only, you know, 19 years old and stuff. But I really think, as much as I love Greg Popovich, and Greg Popovich has every right to go out on his own terms, I am really starting to... uh, get behind this idea that maybe, just maybe, it might be time to hang it up a little bit. It doesn't mean that Greg Povich is a bad coach. It doesn't mean he doesn't know what he's doing. Even if he takes a lesser role, like, he, you know, he he has G, he, I think he has the GM tag still. Um, even if um, he takes a lesser role, you know, Obviously, he'll have a big role no matter what. But even if he takes the way the coaching tag, and he's still on this team as the president of the team where he can make big-time player decisions, I'll be okay with that. But coaching-wise, I don't know, man. It's really... It's it's starting to really show. And I know the Spurs are a young team. I know that, you know, they have a lot of growing pains. Losing 16 straight games gets coaches fired. That's just the bottom line. It gets coaches fired. Popovich obviously has massive say over organizational issues. And and all that stuff. And by the way, he he has a contract extending to the 2027-2028 season. uh, Worth $80 million, by the way. It was a five-year contract extension he signed in July. So, and I get it. Look, he he can still be the president. He can still make big-time executive front office decisions in terms of player personnel, whatever. But you got to get a new coach in there. You got to get someone in there without holding the new coach hostage and handcuffing him, whatever. You got to get a new coach to inspire this team because 16 in a row gets coaches fired. And in a team that – on any other team that does not have the organizational structure like the Spurs have, coaches get fired over that. Bottom line. So um, I feel horrible uh, for Coach Pop. I feel horrible for Victor Wembanyama and the company, but you know, the, the, that that that's a brutal start. They're three and eighteen on the season, and you know, like I said, definitely the worst start in franchise history. Definitely the worst start in any season that Greg Popovich has coached the team. So, um, hopefully, the Spurs can get back on track and um, really. Uh, uh, Start to turn things around. Okay, that will do it uh, for this edition of Sports Standing Podcast right here on Sports Standing Network. Thank you for joining us on the second inning. We love you. We appreciate you. We thank you for your support. And as always, log on to SportsStandingNetwork.com for um, a lot more um, blogs and all of our podcast history, our history of our hosts, and all that stuff. Please log on for that. 
follow us on our socials. We're on X. We're on Facebook. Um, and all those places, please search Sports Standing Network, Sports Standing Podcast as well. Talk to you folks soon. Enjoy the football. And hopefully, we will know. And holy bananas. Jeff Passan. Via Instagram. I'm going to look through Instagram right now. Looking through Instagram right now. Accurate. It is accurate. Shohei Otani to the LA Dodgers. Official Otani via Instagram. Going to the Dodgers. Holy mackerel. Jeff Passan, 10 years, $700 million. Shohei to the Dodgers on a 10-year, $700 million. That is way more than we predicted. That is wild. The Dodgers have won the Shohei sweepstakes. I repeat, the Dodgers have won the Shohei sweepstakes. He has decided to go to L.A. 10 years, $700 million. That is unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Batter Up will definitely have more on this Shohei deal. That is massive. That is is unheard of. $700 million, Shohei, to the Dodgers. Oh, the Dodgers are going to love him. Um, To all my uh, fellow uh, people, Blue Jays fans up north, and of course to Nate Moser, who is an avid Blue Jays guy, um, I am terribly sorry that we had the frenzy of uh, of a... Shohei might be going to Toronto and stuff. Uh, John Morosi screwed the ball on that one. Uh, But clearly, he's not going to go to Toronto. There was no way the Blue Jays were going to match $700 million. Ten years! Oh my goodness gracious. Batter Up will definitely have more on this. Uh, They'll talk it out. Hopefully, I'm there too. Um, And then... I hope by next week we can get some sort of closure on uh, Yoshi Yamamoto and hopefully it's to the Yanks. Again, I still think he fits better with the Mets, but I am selfish. I want him to. We'll definitely know, certainly by the new year. Uh, But, okay, Shohei choosing the Dodgers. 10 years, $700 million. Wild stuff. Wild stuff. Okay, uh, talk to you folks soon. Follow us on our socials. Take care.